Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. It's time to wake up, people. How are we doing today? This is John <laughs> O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association coming to you from central Pennsylvania. Joined, as always, by fellow co-host, the chuckling Chris Martin. We just heard some chuckles out of him. So how are we doing today, Chris? What's going on? John, that is a name that I have never been called, the chuckles. So that's good. And we're not going to start it now. But hey, everyone, this is Chris Martin, and I'm with Atlas Marketing. Welcome to the Building PA Podcast. And let's get going, man. Bringing the energy, talking about mental health and all the elements of that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a topic when you think about it, when you see uh, like the construction industry and then you hear reports and you see stats, it's something that really brings me down at least and probably others as well. But I feel like you got to be upbeat and I feel like talking about it more and providing resources can only help. So just trying to be upbeat today Amen. and I'm, I'm excited for our guest here. Um, we have Marco Carr, the Director of Safety Operations from BBE Incorporated. Welcome, Marco. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Glad to be here. Thanks for uh, the invite. Thank you to Tracy for setting this up. This is part of the Building PA Podcast, Mental Health Awareness and Suicide Prevention Series. And you come highly recommended as a great person to speak with on this topic. And we're just looking forward to getting to know you. And maybe that's a good place to start. Maybe you could kick off and just kind of introduce yourself. Sure. I am, as you indicated, I am the Director of Safety Operations for Bartlett Brainerd ECOT. We are a construction manager slash general contractor in uh, central Connecticut uh, in the Hartford region. Uh, we perform all kinds of uh, general contracting work, primarily commercial construction, some out of the ground, some interior rehab additions, et cetera. A lot of negotiated work, uh, we do a lot of academic work, uh, a lot of work for the local insurance companies in the downtown Hartford area. Um, I have been in the construction safety field for almost 35 years at this point. Um, I've been with BB&E for a, almost 10 years. And I come to this conversation by way of friends in the industry who about 10 years or so ago pointed out to me that there were seven fatalities in Massachusetts. And again, I, I can't remember the exact year, but I think it was seven years, seven fatalities in one year. And four of those fatalities were suicides. Uh, and that made me, that started me down the road of thinking, what's going on in our industry? Why is this happening? And we can get more into the statistics and whatnot later. But mental health, suicide prevention, opioid awareness are all huge issues in the construction industry that I really think we need to focus on. And to that point, for the Building PA podcast, John and I have we, we've had a lot of people on talking about this. And it's nice that coming from Connecticut, we've had other people from you know other parts of the country as well. So recognizing that this is just not an issue in Pennsylvania. This is nationwide, industry-wide, and so many people are talking about it. And, and I know I'm personally proud of the fact that we talk about this a lot and in hopes that people start to hear this. And if people are out there listening, do not hesitate to call 988 if you have a problem. If you are talk to someone, 
don't hesitate to go out there. And I just want to throw that in there before we really dive into this, just to kind of have that disclaimer. So if anyone is having issues, talk to somebody, call 988 and make sure that you've given yourself that opportunity. So thanks for being here, Marco, again. Yeah, absolutely. And a follow up on that too. Talking it through is a huge component of, of getting yourself well in the event of any mental health challenges. The 988 number is a great resource. There are chapters, building trades chapters across the country that are focusing on this month specifically because it is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, but more and more so it is a topic of conversation and in every builders association across the country, as you indicated, um, it is, it, it's a challenge for us as individuals who actually go to work each day in the construction industry, but we also have, we've got kids, we've got grandkids, we've got spouses. At the beginning, when I said it saddens me, I think it saddens me because we seem to see so much of it in society and people I know, my family, and, and at the same time, it saddens me, it motivates me as well, because I know that. The more resources we supply, the better. Such a difficult issue to, to grapple with. The challenge for me, too, on that point is you know, getting your head around what someone's going through on a mm -hmm. daily basis. And, and, and I don't mean to go down the path of get to the point of suicide or alcoholism or whatever, but just recognizing that there's so much going on with people on a daily basis outside of the home. I, I, I remember, I, I think it might've been on a recent podcast or I heard it somewhere. Someone had told me there was a guy who, who was project manager and things, he was out of character, it, things he was doing. And finally somebody put his, I think it was Chris Lalive, if, if I remember yeah. correctly. I think he had said it. We went over and talked to him and he said, my son's in, you know, drinking a lot and doing these out all night, doing those things. So it, it's not just the individual who's working, it's his or her family and those type of things. That, that story really resonated with me. What are some other thoughts for you? I mean, it, you know, is this it, it's kind of building off of that story that, that Chris Lalavi, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. I, sorry, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Chris. I, I, yeah. I butchered your name. Sorry. But kind of building off of that, that story, it, it's not like a light switch when impairment at work, you don't know what people are going through. And in the story that he shared, like you said, there's a lot of issues at home with his son and, and that impacts and affects the way that this worker he was talking about lives his life and it slows him down at work. And you don't know what people are going through. I don't know, back in the day, five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you just assume everyone's ready to work. If they're at work, they're ready. And that's it. You don't know the baggage that they carry with them. You don't know what's going on in their head. You don't know what's going on mentally, physically, and emotionally. And there's just so much going on. This is part of our Suicide Prevention and Suicide Prevention Month and Construction uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. This episode is being featured during the month. And you kind of touched on, on yourself and your involvement and your growth within the industry as a safety professional. But how do you apply your personal experiences into your position as, as a safety director and, and helping others? I, I think I said 10 years or so ago, we started talking about suicide prevention in the construction industry and, and started looking at the statistics and the numbers as to uh, the number of people involved in construction. And it's not just construction workers, it's the field hands, the operating engineers and the iron workers and the laborers, but it's the project managers, it's the company owners. 
Uh, and it's also the architectural and en engineering folks as well. Um, and when you put those all together, uh, we are responsible for something like 53 per 100,000 suicides in the country, which is one of the highest rates out there of all industries. And that made me think that this is something we need to focus on from the perspective of its impact on the entire industry. But I also really needed to think about what it meant to me and how important mental health was to me. The first thing I'll start off by saying is I'm a recovering alcoholic. I have not had a drink in 11 years. And I don't want to focus too much on my challenges, but I think it's important to recognize that all of us come to this equation in some way, shape, or form with baggage, for lack of a better term. When I was eight years old, I found my mom unconscious as a result of a suicide attempt. So by definition, I am a suicide survivor and I have been for 52 years. Does that tie into my alcoholism? And does it tie into the thought process that I go through on a daily basis about how people bring their stuff to work? I think I need to be able to take my stuff and look at anybody else on the job site and say, you know what? This isn't about not tying off. It's about being distracted. It's about having mm -hmm. other issues going on. It's about coming to work depressed and not knowing what you're going to do next. Your mom just passed away. Your, your, your uncle is terminally ill. Recognizing that and putting it into the perspective of what I know about myself and, and my recovery and how I've had to talk it through and how I've been for counseling. I've been on medication, and I've been through an absolutely phenomenal 12-step program that I would recommend to anybody who was trying to quit drugs or alcohol. I don't talk about it a lot. It's not something I focus on when I speak to my coworkers. They know that I don't drink, and I think they get a sense of where I'm coming from, but it's not something that we have to get into the details on. So I think that's kind of the segue into where we are right now in this conversation. Everybody comes to the conversation with baggage and mm -hmm. I've got my own. Yeah. So I'm trying to apply that that level of knowledge, that level of understanding and the level of compassion um, because do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Um, mm -hmm. I would hope that people would feel compassion for me as they're listening to me. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. What I really like about that, Marco, you're not making about you, which is fantastic. And but more importantly, you're bringing that very unique perspective to something that people don't think about. And, and I know John and I have talked about that previously about like understanding the situation, understanding what's actually happening. And, and we've had guests on who've spoken about that, that, too, in the past. So thank you for sharing that, first off, because that's, I, I can't imagine that's an easy thing to talk about. But now to ask you a question, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing in Connecticut as it relates to some of these issues in the industry? Well, broad scope, and, and I think you can, the numbers may vary from state to state in terms of opioid exposures and fatalities. I think we lost a little over a thousand people to opioid overdoses last year uh, in Connecticut. Um, I think, you know, it, it's transitioned over the past five to eight years from uh, yeah. Overprescription and misuse of opi you know prescribed opioids to 
chasing that same type of high and getting it faster, cheaper, easier with fentanyl. And obviously we all know the horror stories. Fentanyl is absolutely deadly. But just from the perspective of, of the construction industry, we are constantly under stress. We are always under deadline. We are always fighting cost. Many of us have to work nights and weekends because that's when the office buildings we work in are available for you know construction work. Many people travel for, for work. They might be out of town for weeks or months at a time. There are, are stressors associated with being the quote-unquote man of the house, if you will, statistically in the construction industry, we are a, a male-dominant uh, society. Um, but if you look at statistically suicide numbers, middle-aged men, which I want to still consider myself to be that, our rates are higher because of the stresses we put on ourselves. But women are rising quickly as well in terms of their suicide rates. So it's a human issue. But in construction, nights, weekends, long hours, going without eating properly, losing sleep over work, you know, where, where are we going to get the next job? What's the next bid? Who are my competitors? What do they bring to the table? I don't know very many type B personalities in construction. We are all absolutely driven to do what we do. And, and that takes a toll on us. And for the most part, we don't talk about it. If we, we do talk about it, we usually talk about it over a beer or six, you know, which is okay for some people. Don't get me wrong. I, I am a teetotaler myself, but I don't, rail against it for anybody that can handle it. But for somebody who knows or thinks that they can't handle it, if you think you can't handle it, you probably can't and you probably aren't. So that's where it, you really need to talk about it. Definitely. Seems like the you made mention earlier about this day and age, you see every association talking about mental health issues and building trades talking about it, companies talking about it. What are you seeing as far as progression and as far as helping helping the construction industry workers we're obviously moving in the right right direction but is it good enough we're still losing too many people in the construction industry we lose something like 12 to 1300 people a year to occupational exposures whether it's falls or electrocutions or you know caught in a trench those types of failures and it's about 4500 suicides within our industry so five times three to four times the rate of suicide versus occupational exposure. We're not doing well. We are absolutely doing better. It blows my mind that after the trenching regulations were upgraded in 1990, that we are still killing people in trenches. We will still have people 40 years from now talking about mental health and suicide prevention, and I, hopefully not opioids. Um, it'll probably be something new at that yeah. point in time. But yes, we are getting better. It is getting better. The conversation has gotten much stronger. People are more willing to open up. And what I've seen specifically is we did a, an opioid stand down a couple of years ago in Connecticut, and we had about 100 individuals in one of the presentations that we did. And I had two guys come up to me afterwards, one who said, hey, man, good on you, 17 years clean. Glad to hear somebody else telling their story because I know there are other people in this room that should be talking about it. And a, another gentleman came up and said, thank you so much. I needed somebody to understand the pain that I went through. My brother-in-law just took his life two weeks ago and I haven't been able to talk about it. And to hear you emote about mental health 
makes me feel like I can actually talk to somebody and it's okay. I like what Marco said there, John. Connections that are being made and um, hopefully the progression of that continues because we have an opportunity to really solidify relationships. As he said, it's a human issue, not something else. That was going to be my follow-up question, but he was getting ready to touch on it a little bit. I was going to ask about communication amongst, uh, while communication is improving, is it improving between the tiers from executive, from leadership down to all the way? Or is it just peer-to-peer communication? Right, right. That's such a great question because is the messaging breaking through to help people or is it at the top level where people are saying, yeah, we're doing some great stuff and everybody's just glad, glad handing yeah. and patting each other on the back. Yeah. That, I think that's a great question. That's something that unfortunately we won't be able to tell until maybe a year from now, or if not more, but yeah, no, Mar- Marco brings a really different perspective to this than, than people that we've talked to in the past. What, what do you think? Yeah. He nailed a lot of great points, personal challenges that he went through and he's overcome and overcoming and just ways that he's, reaching people and not in your face the way i got it from him was i'm not in your face talking all about me i'm talking about the issue and and his story just kind of slides into the story he's telling. right it kind of gives him instant credibility you know because now there's that element so yeah that's cool i hope our listeners i hope it comes across that way and we'd love to have marco back on again to keep the conversation going well don't forget this is part of the building pa podcast mental health and uh, suicide prevention month series take a listen we have other relevant topics as well on the website at buildingpapodcast.com and if you have anyone in your family your immediate circle of anyone encourage them to talk call 988 and make sure that they can find the help that they need Thank you for joining the Building PA Podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.